The following is a message from Reverend Ken Belden of Wellsprings Congregation. In this final message in this series, really what I'm going to do today is just expand a little bit upon the song that we just heard. Bring them all into my heart, including ourselves, into our own hearts. Now, as I conclude uh, this message series, I wanted to think of a, a mascot, kind of an image to sum it all up these last seven weeks of the power of with. And I couldn't think of the right mascot. I couldn't think of the right feature, the right person to represent what we've been talking about. But I could think of the right anti-mascot, George Costanza. If you remember your Seinfeld reading for this morning, George Costanza, who starts out in the beginning of the series as just a garden variety a neurotic person and turns into something of a sociopath towards the end who always wants the last word. He wants the last thing, the last statement in any conversation that he's in. And so this little phrase you might be able to read right here, um, someone bests him in a meeting, gets a joke in at his expense, and so he flies hundreds of miles and does the exact same behavior to set up the same person to have put the same joke at his expense and he stands so proud of himself and says, well, the jerk store called and they're running out of you. Not funny. <laughs> but then the guy who bets him the first time says, well, it's all right because you're their bestseller and they'll never run out of you. <laughs> George is not real happy about that because he wants the last word. He wants to be in control. He wants all of life to flow out in one direction from him towards all of existence. This is the opposite of the power of with, of a receptive and open attitude. It is the opposite of the words of Walt Whitman, who gave us our mission here at Wellsprings, a line of his that's been popularized, repopularized recently in an Apple commercial, and it'll be powerful when that Apple commercial has gone away years from now. O oh, life, he asked the question. O oh, life and all our struggles, all the things that go on. What of life? And then his answer. That the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. That the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. Not that we want a quest to have the last word, but to have our words. And a word in this powerful pageant of existence. This is the power of with. To learn to receive our lives whole. As difficult as that can be at times. And so to bring them all in, including ourselves, into our hearts. To learn to perceive and honor the interrelationships of life with life. Because at the base of reality, that is what we always see. This is how I like to understand the power of with. This little image, four concentric circles, each one contained within the other one next up above it, the whole comprised by its individual parts. Self, community, world, and spirit. 
I want to walk through these one by one today as a way to sum up and finish this Power of With series. And what I'd like you to keep in mind is that perhaps there might be a particular part of your life right now that you're making working within one of these circles. And here's the thing about the Power of With as we work diligently lovingly opening our hearts in whatever circle we find ourselves in at this time, it necessarily influences the growth in the other circles around it or within it. So I want to start at the center. I want to start at the circle of self, our own existence. And this ability to work with the power of with had a really profound impact in my life recently. And it came about through this, through this, this figure, this, this influential figure in my life. Doll, Kermit the Frog, who may not actually exist, but is real. Don't ever try to convince me that Kermit the Frog is not real. Now, I did one of these internet quizzes. One of these internet quizzes that tells you which character you are. You can learn which character you are from Downton Abbey, a show I don't watch, so it didn't make much difference for me. Uh, You could find out which character you are from uh, Game of Thrones, a show about which I am obsessive. And then... This past couple weeks, you could find out which Muppet you are. I, and I want to believe this, and Kermit. And I put that up there, and some of you said, yeah, you are Kermit. Kermit, who's described in this way, clever, thoughtful, reliable, people are drawn to you, and, and, you know it's not easy being green. I thought, internet quiz. Stop looking into my soul. (laughs) A servant leader who puts a heavy emphasis upon presence and reliability and being there for people. Who's got more than a touch of melancholy. (laughs) Internet quiz, stop looking into my soul. So here's the thing. And this is what I want to tell you. Kermit is a leader. And a good leader. And a heartful leader who is sometimes ambivalent about what leadership takes. And so I'm going to be honest with you. I love my ministry. I love this congregation. I love working with all of you. And I have times where I am ambivalent about my leadership. I am by nature, and increasingly in this life as I approach my 44th birthday, by choice to be both more introverted and more contemplative. And yet, the nature of this job, living on a schedule, living so that I might be able to coordinate the many pieces that make Wellsprings run, knowing that I need to make decisions that aren't always going to please folks, I have moments where I am ambivalent about my leadership, not leading you, not leading us, where I am ambivalent to my core about my ability to lead. But here's the thing, and this is the power of with. That ambivalence is only a problem if I see the ambivalence as a problem. If it's just ambivalence, maybe I can just accept it. I'm a leader who doesn't always like myself as a leader. No big deal. The power of with can encourage us and teach us to sit with 
our complexities, to sit with our ambivalences and still be whole people. This is something I have learned from many of you over the years and, in fact, from many of the best parents I know. And parenting is many things and leadership is absolutely one of them. I see it's not always pretty. And I see you don't always like it, those of you who are parents. But it doesn't mean you're not awesome parents. In fact, I would say the best parents who I know are open about their ambivalence. And that openness makes it okay. If we can accept how perfectly imperfect each of us is, we can accept that sometimes we're going to have competing ideas, competing feelings within our hearts, and there is nothing wrong with that. Again, the words of Whitman bringing the power of with to home and to heart, in which he asks, do I contradict myself? Very well then, I contradict myself. The shrug I add, but I think it's included in the poem. Eh. I contain multitudes. When we can admit and accept in the power of with, that we contain multitudes within us, that we are all perfectly imperfect and not a problem to be solved, not a riddle to be figured out, then we have the potential to move into that next circle of relational life in community because it's those people who can accept the complexities within themselves that can then accept the complexities that are necessarily involved in relationship with other people. And we can, as the song for today said, learn to open the heart just a little bit wider. And here's when we move to that next circle that I want to talk about sex for a moment. Okay? You ready? Okay. No, you're not ready. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway, sorry. Just be with me here. I'm going to talk about my experience not too graphically, not graphically at all, actually. I'm going to talk about from my experience, you're welcome, <laughs> of being a sexual being who's also a straight guy. And so cleaning this up a lot, cleaning this up, taking this down to the real PG level, when I've heard myself or other straight guys reflect on their sexual experiences, sometimes, in fact, often, I hear these words, I may love to her, to her. Her. What a different thing to say, I made love with her. The two always, you know, gets me to want to ask, is she not there? <laughs> Are you the active one and she the passive one? You see, out of this attitude of two grows the unholy ground and harmful ground of objectification. And from that grows all kinds of harm to self and to other. Not just in straight relationships, but in many relationships. But the straight relationships in which I am the guy with which I'm much familiar. It breeds shame and loneliness and discontent. And for those of us who have been able to grow to move beyond the I made love to her attitude, to experience the power of with, 
know that human sexuality is one of the most powerful, life-affirming experiences of intimacy for all of us as human beings. That's the power of with, of mutuality. When we do not turn ourselves or other people into an object to be controlled, into a thing to be defined, but a reality to be opened to and with. This is not just about sex. This is about relationships of all different kinds. I've seen this over and over and over again. So after I talk about Seth, now I'm going to talk about death. All right? See this all the time. I see folks who have that power of with by the bedside or by the deathbed of those they love as their lives are coming to an end. And I see people practice the power of with when they can say, yes, I am experiencing sadness and love. To quote from Lou Reed, I can experience both magic and loss. Notice it's not but. This is where the issue comes in. I'm in love and I'm sad to see this person go, but I can be grateful. As if these two things are oppositional. And is the biggest with word. Just notice this in your speech in the next few weeks. If you want to say but at some point, maybe try saying and instead and see how that changes your attitude. This power of with attitude in the face of life in its extremity at its end lets us know that life and death are not enemies or opposites. Life and death contain one another and are always present. People who can live with the power of with in the face of life in difficult circumstances might know what the great social worker and teacher Brene Brown said when she said that so often in our society we confuse sympathy for empathy. But they are not the same thing. Sympathy is above, not with. In a great little video they made, I'm not going to show it today, but you can take a look at it online. It's someone peering down at a friend who's in a hole, in a dark hole, and feeling lost, and they kind of stick their head in and say, Hey, how are you doing there? And the person says they're struggling. And said, Oh, I'm sorry about that. Would you like a sandwich? That's sympathy. That's feeling for, and that's really close to pity. Brene Brown talks about the people who can get close to the experience of those who are suffering. And empathy is comprised by feeling with, feeling alongside another person. If we are able to exist with this power of with in our connections with other people, particularly when maybe it might make us afraid, we're able to open the heart just a little bit wider, perhaps, and engage into that next circle of our relationships with the wider world, the people who we may not know but still can care about. In a great way, Dorothy Day, the wonderful social activist, one of her formative experiences in her life was the San Francisco earthquake in the early 1900s. And that opened her up to the power of empathy, compassion, justice. And she said these words, she said, while the crisis lasted, people loved each other. It made me think of how people could, if they would, care for each other in times of stress, unjudgingly with compassion and love. This is opening the hearts of with just a little bit wider 
It is, I think, one of the reasons why so many people within his church and beyond his church have been drawn to Pope Francis. In his words, in his critique of the nature of so much of our economic relationships and the way we have structured our economic relationships, it's as if he is saying we have forgotten the power of with. We have forgotten that one of the ingredients in a healthy economy is the degree to which we dehumanize each other or humanize each other. Calling us to the power of with in economic matters, we learn to see and to perceive and open our hearts to the human faces beyond simply turning them out there into an it. Now, I think Pope Francis has offered the world a great gift in starting this conversation and continuing this conversation and making this a real conversation. And it's a breath of fresh air. But there's a way in which his own church and himself, in terms of the teachings we've heard so far, is not at all a breath of fresh air. It is still the stale odor of bigotry we hear. And so, perhaps you, like me, were pleased beyond measure that a tremendous harm was not done this past week when the governor of Arizona decided to veto a law that would have allowed any private citizen to discriminate against any other person on the basis of religion, particularly with an eye towards whether they were of a different gender expression or had a different sexual orientation. This gay Jim Crow law, as it has been called, and it's not the last time we're going to see it, even didn't pass this time. It is the opposite of the power of with. It is saying that those folks who might be different from us, if we're in the majority, their suffering, their need doesn't count. And I know for some folks said, well, you know, religious liberty is important. It absolutely is. Nothing should ever stop anyone in a pulpit like this from another congregation, not like this one, <laughs> to be able to preach whatever the hell they want to, no matter how nonsensical I might think it is. But here's the thing. If you are a gas station, if you are a gas station owner and you're the only one in 30 miles and two gay gentlemen drive up searching for gas and you don't like them, you can turn them away. Well, you're a public accommodation and that cannot be allowed. This is not a hypothetical. This has cost human lives. This is a woman named Tyra Hunter, whom some of you may have heard of before. Tyra Hunter is a, or was, a trans woman living in Washington, D.C., who had an accident that she should have survived. But when the EMTs and then the people in the ER discovered that her genitalia did not match the outward appearance of her gender, they refused service and mocked her, and she died. This is what happens when we do not practice the power of with in our hearts and with our laws. We turn other people into objects. We do not see them for the reality of their suffering, their love, their very humanity.
Oscar Wilde, who's not thought of very often as a spiritual thinker or writer, but was, said this, and it speaks directly to the power of wit. He wrote, Whoever can see the loveliness of the world and see its sorrow and realize something of the wonder of each is in immediate contact with divine things and has got as close to God's secret as anyone can get. To see the loveliness of the world and its sorrow, not but its sorrow and its sorrow. Immediate contact with divine things and as close to God's secret as anyone can get. This is the invitation to extend the heart in boundless ways to the realm of spirit that includes all realms within it and holds all of the other circles. I have always found these words from the Taoist tradition explaining what the Tao is in a metaphorical way, to be deeply inspirational. It says, The supreme good is like water, for water benefits the 10,000 things without striving, and water is content with the low places that many people like to avoid. I love this image of the holy, of the ultimate reality as water. Because it invites me to ease up a little bit when I feel myself getting a little calcified, a little too solid, a little too rigid. Because if ultimate reality is at its base flowing and not solid, then maybe I can accept that life is always growth and change and movement. Life is always becoming. It keeps me and it might keep all of us from our hearts calcifying locking down, hardening of the arteries that will not carry, no, not allow us to carry the love in our hearts naturally out into and with that life. It reminds me of what is still, after all these years of preaching here at Wellsprings, I think about seven plus years now, what is still my single favorite quote about the nature of the spiritual life from Pema Chodron, the beloved Buddhist monk, Buddhist nun, who says that if we go down and in and with our experience, with the experience of all beings, knowing that we're all trying to awaken from fear, knowing that we're all trying to awaken to our love, we find there, down at the very basis of of reality, the healing water of love that does not die. It is not easy work to discover that healing water of love that does not die. It does not make it, however, not real. In a different tradition, we might describe this as the inescapable divine presence that does not control or coerce but simply abides and invites us to live our lives with ourselves and with each other and to stay in conscious contact with what is going on. It means that to go back to the anti-mascot of George Costanza, who wants above all omnipotence, who wants above all else absolute power to run the life in the direction that he wants it to go, when I think of George Costanza, I think of one of our great theologians in this Unitarian tradition, a guy named Charles Hartshorn, who wrote a wonderful book called Omnipotence and Other Theological Mistakes. 
that really ultimate reality is not about omnipotence. That perhaps it's not about getting the last word. It's about opening ourselves up to omnipresence, to that power that is always with us, to a power that is told in so many stories. It is as old as the prodigal son. 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 The prodigal son, after wasting his inheritance, being welcomed home by the love of his father. A way the ancient Christians took to understand the love of their experience of God. I think of Dorothy and Oz, lost and far from home, clicking those ruby slippers and finding her way back to where she was connected and finally contented. And I think about one of those stories that was deeply inspirational in my life and still is, especially because I lost my mom at a relatively young age. The runaway bunny. For me, the archetype of the soul's journey into necessary freedom and sometimes alienation and estrangement And then the final realization that that love is always there with us if we wish to turn back to it and to be with it. To end, to experience the power of with is to know the unalterable presence of love within our lives. The unalterable presence that is a fulfillment of the ancient universalist promise. That from the same source we go to the same source and experience, can experience life with the same source. Perhaps finally expressed with this simple image and this simple sentence from the teacher Ram Das. We are all just walking each other home. We are all just walking each other home. Our shadows sometimes too. Hand in hand, eye to eye, heart to heart. May we all live with the power of with. Amen. And may you live with blessing. Let's pray together. God of with, God who is with. Abiding, indwelling, the becoming, incarnating. Found with our pain, found with our love, found with our hope found with our joy, found with our sorrow, found with our suffering, found with, woven into, if we look closely enough, like the individual strands and strains of the fabric of a well-woven mat. May we today, this day, however wide we are capable, however much we are capable, Open our hearts just a little bit wider. Be with our lives.
and know the deep and abiding blessing that is both our birthright and our destination. Amen. If you enjoyed this message and would like to support the mission of Wellsprings, go to our website, wellspringsuu.org. That's wellsprings, the letters uu.org.